The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being on our show. And just a big shout out to all of you who continue to tune in and listen to the show, share it with your friends, um, recommend authors and uh, healers and people all over the country really appreciate you so much for just your intention in uh, knowing that the world's a better place because you're in it. Uh, my teacher used to always tell me there's one thing for sure that would help solve uh, any perceived problems in the world, and that is for I, for us not to be one of them. And I've I've always loved that. Well, I know for sure that uh, people, our most popular shows are about uh, money, uh, quick fixes, uh, which I'm not really convinced there are any, but more importantly, the idea, this thing called love and the magic of relationships. I am thrilled to have with us today uh, the author of so many incredible books already, but this is proven to be like over the top. Guy Finley is offering us the ideas today of relationship magic, waking up together. Welcome, Guy. Thank you, Temple. I'm delighted to be with you. Oh, it's such a pleasure to to have you. Oh, my gosh. You have um, more uh, books than most people have number of years, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) I guess guess so. I mean, it's fascinating. Well, give our uh, audience a little a little background uh, about you. Um, you know, when you set out on this journey, did you have any idea you would wind up where you are? Was there a series of events that happened? Did your parents recognize your 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 grandness uh, from day one? Uh, what's your story? Oh dear. In a nutshell, uh, Temple, uh, I was born into a a very successful show business family. My father, back in the early 50s, which is before most of the listeners were probably born, was the progenitor, considered the father of late-night television talk shows, uh, before Johnny Carson, Jack Parr, uh, Steve Allen, he invented the genre. And as a result, I was more or less raised with the children of the Sinatras and the Arnezes, the Minnellis. Uh, we were like a mini rat pack. And uh, I had so many uh, telling experiences Starting, starting from that age, that age. so that so by the time, time I was, well, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13, I was already beginning to ask a lot of questions, because one of the advantages to that kind of upbringing is that I was able to see very quickly that 
all that glitters isn't gold. And being raised in a family that, by and large, was, and I loved my mom and dad, uh, bless them, uh, but everybody was dysfunctional. And it was hard to reconcile, Temple, how there could be so much uh, worldly power, authority, popularity, with how much pain uh, everyone was in that I was around. And even though I couldn't quite figure it out as a boy, it set the tone for me wanting to understand what the purpose of this life is because it can't be what I found at the top of it. So, I mean, that's basically it. If you want the rest of the details, happy to give them to you. Uh, I went on to become a recording artist and uh, composer at Motown Records, uh, spent a number of wonderful years working with Neil Diamond, writing music for motion pictures, television. But by the time I hit 27 years old, uh, I was fed up. I was in a situation where I had won the accolades and rewards, but instead of being liberated by all of those things, those gifts, uh, I found myself enslaved, uh, now having to perform and create as opposed to loving it when I first started. So it was just a uh, a road that led me to a place where I just, I quit. I walked away from everything and began traveling, looking all around the world, literally, for men or women who could uh, illuminate or at least help me reconcile these extraordinary contradictions that I thought were in the world. Uh, but I've, I've come to learn that the the only real contradictions and re therefore the source of our unhappiness or pain is in our own unawakened consciousness. And uh, everything led me just like that, from basically six years old to 69 years old. <laughs> That's it. I <clears throat> There's a story that's coming to mind um, that I, I believe you'll love, and I think, I know you'll really resonate with it. It's about a woman that is, um, she has a lot of errands that she's running, and she is in quite a hurry on this particular day as she's driving downtown, and there is a, a driver in front of her, a man that is, they're coming up on a, a yellow light, and so she's quite confident that he'll go through it and uh, they'll be on their way. And he he stops uh, very quickly. And she's really irate about it. Uh, she kind of lays on her horn. Uh, she starts doing uh, and saying various things with sign language out the window. I'm sure you know what I mean. And um, and just causing such a stir about it. And so um, at the same time, there's a police officer that's kind of noticing that all this is going on. And so he proceeds to pull her over and he asks for her identification and car registration. And, you know, ma'am, you need to get in the car with me. And so he takes her down to the station. She's in the, the station in that area for a few hours. And finally, he comes back out and he says, well, ma'am, you're free to go. And she said, well, that's really great, but I, I, I've yet to understand what, I, what it is that I did. And he said, well, ma'am, you know, when I pulled up to your car and I saw the actions and everything that you were doing with the driver that was in front of you, 
and I look on the back of your car and you have a, a bumper sticker that says, you know, world peace, uh, love one another, uh, conscious awareness, uh, honk if you uh, love Jesus. And he said, you have to understand from my point of view, I thought you were driving a stolen car. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's one of it, it's it's a story that that's rich and and uh, has been in my awareness for a long time and it also stays with me in that um, at the you know at that forty five minute speech that people will give an hour and fifteen minutes if you're famous maybe even a couple of services in other locations it it really. Uh, Brings into, I think that would be one of the greatest attributes somebody could say about another person's character is that they really were what their bumper sticker said. You know, that every, the books, the the tour, the life experience, that they were really that. Um, because it is shocking when you're out there in the world and you've, you've read one thing and you see something entirely different. Um so I, I totally resonate with what you're saying and, and use it in my own life like you have to say, okay, where, where am I needing to line up more? You know, like I said to you before we started the show, you know, your beautiful book, Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together, that's profound and that we feature the book and we talk about the book. But what is rich for me too is that there's a relationship going on right now with the two of us and with the people that have chosen to listen today. And I find that often that feels like it goes over people's head. Well, you know, we're, <clears throat> we're all learning, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, the bottom line in one respect is that although it's hard to see, we're all in training this life is not, uh, as a wonderful man I used to know, uh, this life is not a race to win. It's a school for our higher education. And when we begin to get some kind of inkling what that education is, and it's not what we get from books, it's not what we get from, in one respect, from teachers, even the most brilliant and illuminated of them, the real education, the real training is through relationships. They are the most, uh, how do you say, unrecognized and yet most precious resource on the planet because without relationship, there's no self, period. Relationship is self. Self is relationship. It is how we discover the qualities in ourselves that are beautiful and enduring. It is also how we realize the qualities in ourselves that are limiting and troubling to ourselves and others. So that when we begin, as my new book helps the reader understand, that relationships are the ground of revelation in every meaning of the word. And that the more we're willing to embrace what the moment reveals, what the person partner, person on the street honking behind us using sign language. All of that, every last moment, is a moment where the, the teacher appears. And if the student's ready, 
then the student can go through the gradual revelations of what's concealed in him or her and begin the beautiful healing process that only the light of that awareness can bring about. So we're on the same page, Temple. Well, um, I find, you know, for myself that, um, you know, I I was deeply in a space um, growing up of, you know, the dysfunctional family, which means that, you know, today I'm qualified as a life coach. (laughs) But that that means I got that credential. But that being said, I... um, I do feel uh, with the level of being able to integrate the joy of relationship, the sorrow of relationship, the disappointment in relationship, et cetera, et cetera, for the person to still show up in an open hearted fashion that it is incredible to me that you, you live long enough, you walk through your path long enough that eventually all those things come around and they become so rich and magical Um, And I have felt uh, most of my life that the relationships where people gave me the pat on the back and said, oh, you know, you're so fun or you're silly or you're giddy or you're unpredictable, which is to me a great compliment, uh, you know, those kind of things. Those are easy to sit with. It's the relationships that force you to see yourself or force you or allow you the space or they don't see you. You know, those are the ones that are, you know, like you say, they're they're the greatest gifts as far as shape-shifting someone's reality. I think that we, we really need to understand that idea of using the people and the conditions and even our own thoughts uh, as vehicles of self-realization look i live in southern oregon where you're are you down in florida temple i am i'm at um i I live on st pete beach but i'm in st petersburg yes at any rate this time of the year we're into our oh well you know the solstice the the uh we're starting to get lighter days but the leaves are still completely on the ground and trees are bare and it's a very distinct and different feeling when one looks outside in the woods. I live on a small mountain here in southern Oregon. But the point being is that every everything that one sees, when I look at these bare trees, it's a very different impression than when they have leafed out and are showing the uh, all the green. And those moments, those impressions, whether it's the trees or a troublesome person, each and every one of these things that we attend to, that we look at, stirs in us a corresponding realization of a part of ourselves that we don't know is in us until that relationship reveals it. As I like talking about, we, we go to the ocean, I do, climb a mountain, look at a night sky, or sit and hold a baby, Because in those moments when we're with that puppy uh, and it's running around, we feel and see in ourselves a host of wonderful things that we ordinarily would not see and feel were it not for 
what that relationship, that partner of the moment, was awakening and revealing in us. And we all love that. I call that the, in relationships, the the woo-hoo stage, you know. Uh, Everything is as good as it can be because all I'm seeing are these wonderful parts of myself that you're introducing me to. Uh, And one of the reasons I'm falling in love is because of what you are revealing in me about myself. But to the point, the next stage, as opposed to woo-hoo, often turns out to be boo-hoo. Because now, now instead of the best... Hallelujah! Amen! Now, because instead of the best in me, you're beginning to introduce me to the rest of me. I'm, I'm starting to see things that ordinarily I wouldn't see in myself if it weren't for being with you. And this is where we miss the mark. Because while I love what you show me about myself... I want to blame you for what you show me about myself when it doesn't match the image I have of myself. And that's critical to understand, that relationships are revelation and that there is no such thing as a bad fact that we can see and discover about ourselves through our relationships. That's powerful. That I, I think that... Um... <laughs> I was just like mesmerized by that. I think that bears repeating. Okay, let, let's go down that road again. There's there's the the woo-woo stage Ooh, yeah. and the boo-boo, boo-hoo or boo-boo, yeah, boo-hoo stage. Boo-hoo to boo-hoo. The boo-hoo. Yeah. And those facts, there's no fact Okay, I'm going to let you take this because I, I want it to be said what, what, right. What There's said no that, fact. What I said is that there is a, a part of us that in our relationships, especially in the beginning, it, it, they can't be better. There mm-hmm. is no fault. There's no fault with our partner. Uh, every word they say, uh, we hang on. <laughs> I mean, it's just woo-hoo. Mm-hmm. But naturally so. And it must be this way. We begin to realize through that relationship that our partner is showing us things about ourselves that we also never knew were in us. That's the rest of me. And we begin, instead of embracing and realizing the gift of that revelation, which essentially is this, Whatever is concealed in us, temple, can't be healed. It's that simple. What is concealed can't be healed. And we bring with us, all of us do, into every relationship we have, these remnants of our past, of experiences that were painful, that we swore we'd never go through again, where we buried a certain amount of unhappiness because it was impossible to deal with at the time. But the seed of those moments lives on in our unconscious mind. And we bring them with us into the present moment. And when at last the the glitter, the shine, begins to come off of the initial relationship, then we begin to have stirred in us these old seeds. But instead of understanding that they're old hurts, that by the grace of God, our partner, as the teacher in the moment, 
like the, the jeweler's polishing wheel, is actually stirring it up. And it must be stirred up, otherwise we live with that limitation in our consciousness, which not only kind of uh, imprisons the possibilities of our relationships, but more importantly, it imprisons us with our potential to grow, which we can only do when these concealed unconscious parts are revealed and released. And this is a major part of what we don't understand about our relationships. We are intended to discover the truth of ourselves. Our partner helps us do that for both the light and the dark side of those revelations. Wow. Well, let's, um, what I, what I would love is if we give a couple of examples of, you know, walking through that. And I mean, I, I was just thinking about, um, just, and this is on one level, it's small stuff, but it's funny. My, my wife and I laugh about this because when we first, um, went from 10 years of friendship to then now 13 years of, um, uh, lasting relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was so funny to me that, um, she didn't know what day it was and didn't know what time it was. And it was so woo woo cute. You know what I mean? Like, Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're such a successful person. You don't know what day it is. You don't know what time it is. I mean, we even sang that song. Remember that one? I don't remember what day it was. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then, then when you are in the throes of relationship, um, you know, it's like, really, you know, for the, for the rest of my life, I've got to remind you that it's Friday. (laughs) Didn't I say, I mean, the event was, it was at four 30. You've already missed it. It was at four 30. What do you mean? And, you know, um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to be vulnerable because I, I want a true story, but I found that so refreshing because I'm the over planner, the over responsible and I have the kind of um, work that I've created for myself. I mean, it's been a choice where I am the responsible person. I'm a tribal leader. I need to know it's Wednesday, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And, uh, and yet, you know, when you're into the throes of that dynamic, it doesn't mean that she's wrong or that I have this immense need to be right. Uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's more that this is the ebb and flow of what is, and it's not a thing, but I don't want to miss anything. Um, uh, if I'm, um, and I, you know, certainly didn't ask her if it's okay that we do this live. It's just, it's, 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 but it's one example of how in the beginning, when you meet people, you're enamored with everything. And then when you realize it's for your the rest of your life, it, it may have a different meaning or not. Anyway, you're the expert. Tell me well, what no, you think. Look, we're all, we're all in training. We're learning. Mm-hmm. But we need, that's why we need new self-knowledge, Temple. We, we can't do any better in any given moment than how we understand that moment. And what we have to see is that a lot of what we meet the moment with is not the understanding the moment is intended to be giving us. 
Rather, we meet it with an old understanding that the moment often doesn't fit, and then for, therefore we blame the person or the moment for the misfit, when the real reason for that revelation is to see, I have brought into this moment, as an example, I know we're going to a break in a couple minutes, we can set the stage for when we come back. Absolutely. So here's an example, and please everybody, just try, we're, we're not judging here, we're just revealing what goes on with all of us. When we fall in love, when we have a, a relationship, maybe it's with an employee or uh, we are the employed with a, a supervisor. One way or another, over time, we begin to develop a relationship that's quite rote. It's, it's mechanical. You, this is what you do. This is what I do. And never the twain shall meet. But in this instance, we can begin to recognize that when we get upset with somebody, the reason that we get upset with them is only in part because of what they may or may not have done. The most important part of that moment and the real revelation that in turn helps us heal these old mistaken aspects of our character is that I've come into that moment with a list of expectations and demands that you don't know I have. And so the real uh, conflict is that, in my opinion, you're not living up to who I need you to be for me to feel good about myself, for me to value myself and trust myself. You're not, well, you're not acting out the script. But, of course, the problem is I wrote the script and you don't have my copy. That's profound. <laughs> when we see that temple, then mm -hmm. suddenly we can begin to realize that it isn't so much that my partner has missed the mark as it is that I have placed a demand on a mark. And now my disappointment or frustration is with what I believe is their character when I wouldn't find a character fault at all if it weren't for my particular demand. So mm -hmm. we're in a perfect moment of reciprocity where we can help each other by giving each other space to learn the difference between what's a demand and what's authentically right for us. Wow, how I'm loving being with Guy Finley today. Relationship Magic, waking up together. Go to his website, relationshipmagicbook.com. We'll be right back. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Emily Cady, in her Lessons in Truth, makes a statement which I think we need to kind of think about a little bit. She says, God is not a being with qualities or attributes 
But he is the good itself coming into expression as life, love, power, wisdom, etc. He is the good itself coming into expression as life, love, power, and wisdom. In other words, and this again is, is shattering to some of us, God is not loving. Ah, oh, God is a loving God. God is not loving. Because the moment we talk about God is loving, we've got the anthropomorphic Michelangelo like God sitting up in a crowd somewhere with his heart beaming out and say, oh, I love you all down there, see so you're so dearly, as long as you're good. But I'm not going to love you very much if you don't go to church and so forth. God is not loving. God is love. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. Now's the time to register for this year's Heart of Healing Retreat, hosted by the leaders of the Silent Unity Prayer Ministry. Imagine coming to the beautiful campus of Unity Village with its fountains and rose garden to rest and renew your spirit as you explore the spiritual principles of healing. You'll spend time in silence as well as celebration. The retreat is April 25th to 28th with an early bird discount before March 1st. Visit unity.org slash silentunityretreat. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Discover new ways to heal yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Michael Schwartz and Spiritual Naturopathy. Every Monday at 12 p.m. Central, Michael offers a holistic path to healing and guides listeners to new levels of self-awareness, touching on topics like intuition, healing by faith, dream interpretation, and a lot more. Michael explores how to maximize our spiritual gifts and helps us discover how much healing power we really have. Call in with your questions and comments every Monday here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Well, we would just love it if you called in because this would be a great opportunity for you to talk about your relationships and questions that you have because I I love so much what Guy says is that it is. It's a this is a great learning school and I've always told the people around me that that love me and um you know hold me in that that space if I ever stop saying that I want to learn, please tell me to go somewhere and sit down. Um, because it's a, it's, it's an evolution. It, it's, it's the comings and goings and we change. And then it's like changing a piece of furniture in the room. Then how is everything else going to adjust to that? And so to have Guy here with us is a great opportunity. And I just want to reiterate, go to the website, relationshipmagicbook.com, uh, because, uh, magic is a key word here of what a true rich relationship of any kind, you know, can, can truly be. So, um, as during break guy, we had kind of started this conversation and I was saying that, um, that I had always heard that, um, 
you know, the very things you love about a person when you fall in love with them is that on down the road, you want to change that. And so can you share uh, your insight, your thoughts uh, about that? I'd be happy to, Temple. Um, But a quick uh, word about relationshipmagicbook.com. If the listeners are interested, go there. Uh, If you order the book, you get virtually instantly uh, an audio book, a free audio book version of Relationship Magic that I've read. And you also get a a two-hour, I think, webinar that I did uh, that's a wonderful dialogue, Q&A, you'll learn quite a bit from, and even one other gift, which is a 60-minute MP3 on, the, on higher love and how we can all begin to uh, put ourselves in relationship with it. So some nice gifts that go along with the book if you go to relationshipmagicbook.com. So, yeah, let's, let's look at this uh, as closely as we can because... This isn't rocket science. I mean, I've been with my wife now for almost 40 years. And one of the best things about our relationship, in fact, something that uh, I I find to be invaluable, is that when we understand that we are intended to be mirrors for one another, that's what a relationship is. We look out and we see something, and the way we now are, which is in kind of a strange, altered state of duality, everything we look out and see, we judge. And we judge because we don't know that we wouldn't be experiencing what we do with that relationship in that moment if it weren't stirring and moving in us a similar part. So the mirror isn't the person, the mirror isn't the the little deer that are walking by my window right now. The mirror is that when I see them and give my attention to these things, I am shown inside of myself something that isn't there or that's asleep, if you will, until that happens. So my partner wakes me up. Now, we loved being awakened early to joy, delight, uh, sensual pleasure, uh, all of the passions that are part of a perfect relationship, which everyone is when it first starts. But what we need to understand is that love, and this is one of the major elements in my book, love has brought us together. I didn't bring my wife into my life. She didn't bring me into hers. You didn't bring your partner into your life or vice versa. We were drawn together which means there's an unseen third partner, something that attends these relationships that brings us together for the purpose of discovering not just the beauty and depth and breadth of love in us, but all that limits us from exploring and knowing ever deeper and more beautiful levels of that relationship. So that we are... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, we're good. I don't know. Did something happen? You're clear. Oh, good. Everything's good. I heard an echo for a second. So just to finish that point, so that we're brought together by this, by love, for the purpose of realizing that not only can our relationship reflect, if you will, 
heaven and earth. But at the same time, it can release us from everything that stands in the way of realizing such a love that is authentically unconditional. You can't have expectations, demands on anything and meet it impersonally. Real love, as it says in the New Testament, he maketh the sun to shine on good and evil alike. Real love is that which just illuminates. And if what is illuminated will agree to stand in that light, that light transforms anything that stands in it. So that when we will stand in a moment of relationship where suddenly we think to ourselves we can't stand that idiosyncrasy of our partner and realize that we wouldn't have that pain if we weren't demanding they were different, then we can begin to let go of that idea that the way this relationship is going to be different is by fixing our partner. Physician, heal thyself. Every partner, every moment gives me an insight into what no longer serves me, my partner, or love. Once we get that, even a little bit, man, are we on the way to a different relationship with everyone and everything we meet. How is it, how does your, how does your wife feel about the advantage of living with a multidimensional self-aware person? I'm not going to say guy because I, I tend to, uh, I think of people as individuals, and um, I think men are, to me, I find men get often a bad rap, and I'm I'm a real male advocate. Um, Men men do get a bad rap, but but in some ways it's because they're so hard-headed and stubborn. Um, (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they are. I mean, look, see, that's the point. If we could get this one idea... Is a, is, is a jewel that comes out of the ground rough and encrusted, wrapped in time that has made its luster and its facets invisible? Is that jewel any good without the jeweler's wheel? Yeah. Or the or oyster, one, right? The pearl. one thing. Mm-hmm. Without each other, they're nothing. Without my wife, I would not know and be and have what I do. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. And she is a multidimensional being. You know what? I'm going to tell you that, for those listening, there is nothing more exciting in the world than the natural transition that our relationships are intended to go through where the love that brought us together now keeps us together in spite of the antithetical forces, the things that want to drive us apart. Because when we can begin to understand that the reason that we are rejecting our partner in the moment, resisting them at whatever level we are, is because something in us is sitting there going, no, 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 no. As if being negative knows what goodness is. I mean, it's such a contradiction, Temple. When we're negative, we believe we're right. If we're negative, we're wrong just for the fact that we're looking through a set of eyes that are so conditioned 
All they want to see is what supports the image they have of themselves. So when we start realizing, you know what, I'm starting to get negative with my partner. Where should my attention go on what my negativity is saying proves my partner's wrong? Or should my attention be returned to what my nature, to what my partner's helping me see in myself that's suddenly revealed? We don't walk around thinking I'm going to be negative because my partner asks me what day it is. But the minute he or she does, the minute my wife challenges, why don't you get, you know, pull over and get directions? <laughs> the minute the negativity appears, that's the turning point. Because that's the moment where the unknown part of myself laying in the dark is suddenly brought into the light by that relationship. That's where the healing can take place if I agree to experience that part of myself without judging it and without blaming. So we're not judging ourselves and we're not blaming ourselves or our partner. We are merely remaining, now listen to this, a patient witness of all that is being revealed in the moment by the teaching moment. And one last comment because it's germane. Temple, relative to what I just said, one of the most beautiful things I've ever learned is the original meaning of the word patience, particularly when it comes to partnerships. Do you know the original meaning of the word patience? I want to hear it. Hold on to your boots, okay? Because I, I need it in a real capital, spelled frontward and backward. You know, so I, that's a special word. So I'm ready. I'm hanging on and I'm leaning on my desk ready for takeoff. The original meaning of the word patience is to suffer myself. Wow. That's why Christ said. Never heard it, that. I have never heard it, that. And I've been around it, a while. It, never it's heard right that. To suffer Christ, myself. Yes, it's right in Scripture. Christ says. In your patience, possess ye your soul. In your patience, possess ye your soul. We do not properly possess ourselves until we are able to recognize that something comes along and possesses us. And it's not love. It calls itself love because it lashes out at those we see as not being loving. But love doesn't blame. Love doesn't hate. And love certainly never separates. And yet, when we are in the throes of saying, I'm only doing this to you because I care for you, we actually believe that thought and feeling when nothing could be further from the truth. If I really love you, I'm going to learn about everything in myself that stands in the way from allowing you to discover the truth of yourself. That's where patience comes in. Because then we give our partner room to see him or herself as they are, not as we want them to be or would make them into what we want them to be. But that takes suffering the unconscious parts of ourselves that wants to punish our partner, not because of what they did, but because they moved in us, they pushed that button, and we want to have someone to blame for that pain. There is no one to blame for our pain if we understand the true meaning and purpose of our life. 
in some instances, we begin to know then what Christ meant by love thine enemies. Why? Because my enemy is revealing to me what is concealed in me that judges and hates. So I must learn to thank my enemy for showing me what allows me to free myself by the light of that awareness from all that is asleep and dark in myself. Sorry to go on so long, but it was an important set of points. Oh, no, there, I don't have an agenda. I'm um, really basking in this conversation and very much love that you're able to, to flow. Uh, that was really, really powerful. Um, one of the things I've been aware of is the word uh, familiar. Yeah. And and I'm I'm sure, you know, that the, the real uh, root of the meaning has one way, but the way that I see the word in my life is in the front of it is the word family, and in the back of it is the word liar. And uh, for me, it's been evolutionary through the years to to be able to be in familiar situations that may trigger or remind me of the essence of something from a past tone, space, yeah. energy, smell, whatever, yeah. that in the midst of that connection, it doesn't ultimately make a liar out of me. In other words, I'm not talking about that I wouldn't tell the truth or all that. I'm talking about the unconscious, you know, that I might uh, before I know it, I've stepped into a place of the need to be liked again, or yeah, the tone of my voice will change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of that kind of thing that's not really how I feel, but yeah. that in those unconscious things, um, things have shown up. Yep. And to be aware, not to edit, or not be who I would be. I've found that very freeing. That's been a real goal, is to live a an unedited life. It is critical for all of us uh, with whomever or whatever is our partner in the moment. And that's critical to repeat. We are in a ceaseless state of relationship. Our mind, however, in its sleeping state, only selects one or two elements out of an infinite number of possibilities in each passing moment. It's not by accident that our mind will pick out of a passing moment something that troubles it. And often, as we've just described, what troubles us is that something is, in one way or another, um, not following the script. It's breaking up the pattern. But here's where we get to another very important point. And... Uh, something that I spend quite a bit of time on in the book. Because you said the word familiar. Another word for familiar is pattern. And what happens to us is we become quite mechanical in our relationships so that we almost get to a point where we say something, love you, honey, and we expect to hear you too, baby, and it becomes rote, it becomes mechanical. And if one day we say, love you, honey, and we don't hear the reciprocation, then suddenly there's something wrong with our partner instead of realizing that something in us has not been refreshed by the pattern. And what a contradiction. Refreshed by a pattern? 
In my book, I tell a story about a little girl, and she goes to her dad, who loves to grow roses, and her dad knows that she loves roses and gives her her own little rose to to grow and to nurture, as he understands it'll help her develop as a young girl and into a woman. And doing what she sees her father does, she takes the little rose and takes it out and puts it in the garden. And three weeks later, she comes back to her dad, kind of weepy. What's wrong, honey? My rose is wilting. Something's wrong. Well, let's go see what you've done. They go out. And what do you think the little girl did, Temple? She planted the pot in the ground. She didn't take it out of the pot. Mm. So it was, it was root-bound. It had no way to grow. Patterns keep us from refreshing what would naturally be the realizations that come with being awake and aware in our relationships. So that when something comes along and our partner disturbs us, we can be sure that the disturbance is in an expectation and all expectations are part of a pattern that we have that we don't know we have in that moment. So what we're, we can begin to do is use the disturbance to become aware of what we brought with us into that moment that we didn't know, realize it, release it, and then we are different in that moment. And when we become different in that moment, actually transformed by the light that revealed that unconscious part of us, our partner is automatically brought into a new possibility because we're refreshed, and it means now the moment can stand that way as well if we'll do our work. This is an amazing experience to bring something new into the moment because we've agreed to be made new through that revelation. I could listen to you all day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just drinking this in. It's all beautiful. Love, real love is beautiful. It is endless. I called the subtitle Waking Up Together. I gave the publisher two choices. Waking Up Together, or my choice, was The Endless Journey of Love. But they thought it was a little more provocative. But it's true. We are waking up together, not just myself and my wife, myself and the person who checks me out at the grocery store, myself and the deer that come and visit me, that if I go outside in a rush, they feel it instantly. So they're a mirror for me. Everything helps us wake up because love has us on an endless journey if we'll agree to the lessons it brings to us in our relationships. I love the title because the first time I read it, I went literal and I thought, oh, your teaching process is when people are waking up in the morning. (laughs) Well, that's good, too. (laughs) Of course. Then I went beyond surface and I was able to get deep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I love it. And and just in general, the the word uh, magic, because um, that's a... There's a couple of words that we want to use more often, I feel. Uh, Magic is one of those. And to expect magic and to expect miracles and to expect the amazing 
you know, but, and but, to, but, to keep those words uh, used and felt and yes. with a sense of passion with them because it is um, a, a magical life. And uh, like, like yourself, I, I don't want to get to the end of this uh, particular incarnation and and see that there were a lot of box gifts that I never open. Yeah, you that's know. well said, Temple. Look, we're all in this place and you've said it, but I have to add a caveat. I can only expect the magic, if you will, the miracle of that transformation, as long as I have agreed not just to acknowledge the truth that I've seen, but to act the knowledge. If I don't do my part, then the grace won't be expressed. Effort and grace must be married our part is to be awake, aware, and willing to receive the revelation so that we can be released from what no longer serves what is true and good and loving. And if we do that part, God, the divine Christ, will take care of the rest. Because in the very moment of the illumination, I stand in the light that is showing me what is no longer required for me as a man or a woman, and that until I'm released from it, it will reincarnate in and of itself. So if we want to change our life, it begins with welcoming the light that shows us both the good and the bad. No bad facts. Every fact frees us. I just had um, a, a kind of a beautiful aha moment when it came through me. Love comes in many languages. However, the most important language is the internal one yes absolutely oh i like that that might maybe that's going to be your next book <laughs> <laughs> um give us a, a thought of um you know have you have you i know you hear stories all the time is there a story that uh, we have uh, about three minutes. Is there a story that where somebody wrote in or called you and said, wow, wow, guy, you know, I, I can breathe again. I think there are almost an, a countless number of I'm sure yeah, tens we're, of thousands, I'm sure in 45 books later, but is there well, something that comes to mind? I think the, maybe the simplest of them would be, uh, an individual who had been struggling terribly, not with their partner, but with their past. Because our past is a partner, too. And she couldn't understand why in the world she had so much pain as she revisited this past and was trying to reconcile it by working through it again and again in therapy and all the other infinite number of ways a person tries to change their past. And she said, and then one day I got it. She said, it's pretty clear that the only reason I suffer from my past is because something keeps pulling me into it and I'm not aware of that moment when I'm asked to revisit a time when I was a victim. Mm -hmm. She said, why would I want to revisit it? And she said, and that my work helped her understand that our attention doesn't belong to us yet. And that when a thought comes along, stirred by seeing the color of a blouse or 
hearing a song or tasting a food, our mind instantaneously brings up an association on its own. And if we're not attentive to that moment of relationship with our own mind, then it's going to bring us into what it has on its mind. And it doesn't always have our best interests in mind. So she was grateful for being released from the pain of her past by seeing she didn't have to relive it. She could start over and die to it by dying to that part of herself that keeps bringing it up. Oh, that's a beautiful story. I love to say that's why the rear view mirror on the on the car is so small. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's <Right>. exactly. <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, Guy, I, I, I would really love to have you... Um, on the show again, uh, I know I'm I'm blessed by the magic of, of this relationship that we have shared today. I want to remind everyone to go to Relationship Magic. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.